Welcome back to another episode of Sales Transformation, brought to you by Ledium. In today's episode, our host Colin Mitchell sits down with sales guru Bowen Moody to discuss his experience of transitioning from product management to sales and the importance of being a self-taught salesperson. So grab your notepad and let's begin. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Super pumped up to have a guest on today. Joining us uh, from is it's his evening time over there, so I'm just getting my started uh, day started over here on the West Coast. We've got Bowen Moody. He's a sales guru, AI mastermind behind Wonderway. Uh, with his AI coach, sales reps get instant feedback after every call, driving success. Uh, Bowen, how you doing? Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for getting up early to take the call. I'm based in Germany, so. Uh, yeah, a little bit tricky to make, make the time zones match for San Francisco, but thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Um, you know, we, we planned out a couple of things that we're going to talk about today, but before we kind of get into the first topic of, you know, how to survive in tough times where, you know, a lot of people are struggling in today's environment, it's a, it's a bloodbath out there, you know, trying to sell and survive, especially as, you know, a startup uh, founder yourself, but just give us a little bit of background on yourself and kind of, you know, how you started uh, Wonderway. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm maybe a little bit different to some of the other people you have on the podcast in that um, I got into sales relatively recently. Um, I've been listening to your show and I can I hear most people, you know, they say that they started in sales when they were three years old or five years old. Um, for me, it was a bit of a later career switch. Um, prior to, prior, like, when I started my career, I was actually working in product management um, and then got into sales when I started my own company. So, um, coming out of a product manager, starting my own company and just basically being forced to, to sell. Um, as you'd know, having started a few companies yourself, uh, as a yeah. CEO, it's basically all about sales to begin with. So I'm very much a self-taught salesperson. Um, and I think like most people out there, I'm a self-taught salesperson. So, uh, basically just had to figure it out as I go, failing on a lot of calls and, and teaching myself on YouTube videos and, and articles. Um, so yeah, the first company that I started was an uh, education technology company that was helping more company-wide. Um, and basically we weren't able to find traction on that product. Um, so we started speaking to our customers and trying to understand what the biggest pain point there was in workplace training and everyone pointed towards the sales team. Um, and especially like reducing ramp time. So, um, we pivoted and, and, um, for the last few years, we've been building sales onboarding software. So I think the, um, although I didn't originally have a sales background, there were kind of two things that came together at once, my own personal journey of training myself to be a salesperson. Um, and then also hearing customers and companies talk about how difficult it is to train salespeople and how much of a pain point this can be. Um, both of these kind of things kind of collided and, and led me down the path to, to build a sales training company, which is a bit of a, bit of an odd, uh, bit of an odd, I never would have thought I'd find myself in that direction, but, um, that's what I've been doing for the last few years. So basically with one way we, we built, um, we were building onboarding software, helping companies to reduce ramp time for sales reps. We raised a, a seed round, um, sort of beginning of last year. And then shortly after raising the seed round, scaling up the team, then we went straight into a recession and everybody stopped onboarding salespeople. So Gosh. we had a bit of a, had a bit of a rocky ride, uh, after raising the seed round. Um, and I can maybe share a little bit about, you know, how we've handled this recession and, Especially, I think everyone who's listening to this podcast is probably, if you're working in sales, I'm sure you've felt the effects of the recession. Um, but I think for us, you know, working in sales onboarding, especially is one of those industries that's been particularly hard hit. Um, so I can share, share a bit about, you know, how we've handled this and, and, you know, the learnings that we've had along the way. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing a little bit about your story there. And, uh, 
you know, love the, the, the pivot and, and staying resilient. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, uh, being sort of a self-taught learning sales through experience, what have been some of the biggest challenges for you? Uh, even, you know, I guess kind of cliche here, but ramping yourself as a sales, as a seller. Yeah, I mean, the hard part is, um, is trying to work out what to, what you need to read or watch. I mean, there is so much content that's out there. Um, it's a little bit overwhelming. I mean, all of the mm. content that's out there exists. I mean, there's, there's so many YouTube videos, so many sales trainers, so many books, so many articles. I mean, there is, um, so much you can do to teach yourself. And, you know, I think basically I'm self taught just reading. I just read and watched a lot of videos, but I think when I speak to people, um, spoke to other people who were successful in sales. Um, it turns out most of them were doing the same thing. Um, I think many, many, many salespeople have kind of learnt by being thrown in the deep end and trying to figure it out as they go. Um, but everyone has the same challenge where, you know, if there's a, a million different YouTube videos, where are you going to prioritize your time the best? So, um, you know, for me, I spent a lot of my time just prioritizing, choosing a few sales trainers that I particularly liked, um, focusing on the content for them, working my way through and, and sort of solving problems in the sales process. Um, you probably know this as a founder, you know, you basically have to do the entire sales process yourself from, you know, the BDR role, doing the cold calling to discovery demos, closing custom success, and, you know, trying to build up that sales process for all stages. And once you have a repeatable sales process, then you're hiring people to replace you in these stages. So um, for me, it was really about like troubleshooting each of these steps until I had something that was repeatable. And then, and then once there was something there, then I could hire people to, to follow that and, and I guess also help me take it to the next level. But um, yeah, so just to answer the question, I think the biggest challenge is trying to figure out what is the most valuable stuff to spend your time on. Yeah, I think I think that's a challenge for a lot of people, right? Because there's just so much noise out there, right? And people are often looking for the silver bullet, right? Or the one size fits all. And the problem is, is like, you know, there's a lot of these folks out there sharing, you know, only do this or, you know, this is the best way to do this or, you know, the number one, whatever, fill in the blank, right? And the problem with this is that's based on their experience, right? The problem they're solving, their ICP, the maturity of their company, their, you know, um, how well known their brand is or isn't, right? And there's just so many different variables. And so I think the thing that's important for, you know, founders that are selling or even people that are newer to sales is try to have your own experience a little bit, right? And test out different things and, you know, try to block out the noise and also, you know, validate who you're getting your information from. Because a lot of people are sharing a lot of stuff that they don't necessarily have the experience or track record um, to be, you know, out there saying that this is how you should do whatever it is that they're, you know, preaching. Yeah, but I, I think the thing that's amazing about sales compared to some other roles, especially if you're working in a bit more of a high velocity type role, um, is that you can just experiment so fast. I mean, you can literally read, read something in the morning, um, jump on calls and try it, you know, that day and you can be iterating call on call. So, I mean, I think that's something that I really, really like about sales. Um, it, compared to other jobs is I think you've got a lot of opportunities to practice. And like, you know, I, I know you do daily, daily podcasts. And I think it's one of the few places where like few industries where this works because you can literally learn something in the morning and apply it on your calls that day see if it works, if it improves things, and then, you know, either, either double down on it or move on to something else the next day. So I think, um, you know, having that constant opportunity to practice is also one of the great things about sales. Um, but yeah, I think you need both. You need to be having the, the guidance. You can't just figure it all out on your own or you don't need to because there's a lot of people that have thought about this, a lot of very smart people that spent a long, long time thinking about sales. 
I think you want to take the best practices and then, and then, you know, apply it to your own process to see how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, tell me some things. What have, you know, what have helped you as a founder, you know, learning how to sell for the first time, you know, in a tough sales environment uh, where, you know, people are a little more reluctant to invest in tech right now. And what are some things that have, you know, kept you going and been some key lessons? Yeah. So for us, um, it hasn't been just, it hasn't been so much about the sales skills for us. It's been, it's, I think we had this issue with the product market fit and, you know, the market being um, not as many people needing a, a onboarding tool at the moment. So we raised the seed round, we were selling an onboarding tool, um, saw that there was less demand for this tool. So for us, it was really like, okay, um, what are we going to do here? Are we going to, like one of our investors basically told me as soon as the news of the recession came, he basically told me like fire everyone in the team and wait it out. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I think that maybe we saw some of this behavior as well, that people kind of fire people first and ask questions later. Um, other, other investors were saying, you know, you need to lean in here and you need to push, push hard. Um, and I think it is a confusing time for a lot of founders and a lot of companies, but in our case, we didn't want to just sit around and wait. I mean, in that time, who knows where the market moves. So for us, um, it was a lot about like shifting our product direction and moving away from sales onboarding. I mean, we still do it. We still have that product, but launching a new product that's more focusing on continuous training and, um, helping people like improve their close rates. So, um, that's basically what we've been working on over the last year is, is like shifting more towards something that the company companies need. Um, maybe they're not hiring as many salespeople as they were a year or two ago, but everyone's looking at ways. Okay. How can we do more with less? How can we, mm-hmm. you know, get the existing people in the sales team to close more? <laughs> And that's really been our focus as a, as, as a company is making that shift, um, building that product out and getting that value proposition to land, land right. Um, so that's been the real focus for us is like, again, I guess we could have like played defense, but we've tried to play offense and, and lent into it and, and tried to sort of shift the, the problems we're solving and, and the value props to, to our customers, um, to, to sort of, you know, follow the market as it's changing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key thing there is like, be listening right to what your customers are saying and you know help you pivot and go in the direction uh in a tough market where you know you may think that um you know i think this is tough especially for a lot of founders right they think they they know exactly what problem you know people want to solve and they quickly find out that you know maybe it's something different or maybe the market's not ready or the market has shifted and so being able to you know be flexible to pivot and go in a direction where you can start to have some success i think is really important yeah. So and a, a couple of learnings I had along the way, I think that was yeah, actually the original question you asked. I think the first one is that, uh, uh, being flexible as well. Like we had this hypothesis that companies going to increase win rates and things like that. So our initial idea was that we were going to, um, I mentioned this problem around finding, finding content. So we're actually going to, um, curate content. We're going to aggregate content, curate it, help companies to identify gaps based on CRM data and then recommend content to people. Um, that was going to help them with their specific problems that we're having. So that was our first idea that we started working on for the sort of, yeah, six months, maybe the, the second half of last year. Um, and then we saw this chat GPT get released and suddenly we thought, Hey, like the problem, the same problem we're working on right now with recommending books and articles and YouTube videos and stuff like that. Like, is this actually the best way to be doing it? And now with chat GPT, um, you know, rather than recommending 20 minute videos, maybe we can actually just give like, we can use ChatGPT to generate like specific recommendations for, for people. So rather than it recommending content, it could actually be consuming all that content and then just giving bite-sized piece, pieces of advice to people um, using generative AI. 
So I think one thing was like, we sort of shifted our focus, launched a new product, worked on it for six months, and we basically ended up throwing it all away and starting again when Gen AI came out. So as part of this journey, then like it was, it was a pretty tough decision after you know, already going through one pickup, rallying the team behind it, a new direction, and then basically being willing to, to, to rip it up and start again when we see better technologies available to solve that. Um, but I think, you know, the, the product that we've got today versus what we had after six months of working on now versus six months, what we had before is like 10 times better. So being willing to do that, um, was, was pretty tough, but, but helped, um, but it was definitely worth it. I think the second learning I had was that, um, how important it is in early stage sales for the founders to be selling themselves. So another mistake I made last year was that we had this sales team of about four account executives. We tried to launch this new product and we got the account executive to sell it. And I was trying to sort of manage them to do it. But um, it was a bit of a disaster because I was too far away from the feedback. Um, everyone was, they were also a little bit worried about their jobs. So they're trying to send me like these positive messages about how well the product is landing the market and maybe trying to cover up some of the bad news. And it took me probably too long to, to, to figure out like the product we were building wasn't the right <clears> one. Um, and I think, you know, when we shifted, we pivoted and focused on this new product, then I went back in and basically did for the new product. I'm doing all the sales myself. So I'm speaking to the customers every day, um, trying to find product market fit, hearing about what's working well, what isn't. And I think that's just, um, you know, for an early stage founder, um, I think that's just super important is that you need to be talking to customers. And, and if you're trying to do it from, you know, relying on secondhand feedback from the sales reps, it's, it's not, um, yeah, you really need to be talking to people every day and you need to feel it for yourself. Um, so that was definitely a mistake I made, um, which I, I didn't, um, haven't made the second time around. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a super valuable learning lesson, right? For, um, founders, especially founders that come from, you know, more of a product background or more of a technical background, um, and might think like, oh no, I'm not the right person to be in the sales seat. Um, but it's essential to, you know, your best, your business surviving and, you know, being on the front lines, getting that feedback, um, getting it as, as in as real time as possible to be able to make changes and, you know, dictate the product map based on what people are saying. Um, you know, it can be a matter of going out of business or your business surviving and maybe even thriving. But it, it is a shift to make. I mean, once you get used to managing a team and, and, you know, getting off the calls and, you know, I guess you can get kind of, uh, maybe you think, okay, I've kind of progressed past, past that now. Like I, I was an individual contributor and now I've, you know, earned the right to build up a team and, and, you know, maybe I don't want to go back to doing calls, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've actually loved going back. I mean, it, um, I actually love going back and, and talking to customers every day. The one thing that drives me crazy is no shows that that's even more annoying when you're the CEO and you're trying to, you know, you, you try, you're trying to you're trying to turn the company around, and, and you get people not showing up during the day. That's that's tough. But other than that, I love talking to customers every day. But I think there's a lot of um, people who maybe would be unwilling to sort of you know go back to the to earlier days once they feel like they've graduated past that. But um, it's just so 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 important, um, which I think is obvious. It's in every startup book. But I think um, making the transition to to come back into to being you know customer facing is it can be tough for some people. Uh, yeah, n nobody likes no shows, <laughs> but unfortunately it's part of the job. Um, you know, 
Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on today, uh, sharing a little bit about your start story and you know how you've you know pivoted and, and survived during today's you know sort of rocky uh, environment out there today. Uh, what's any final thoughts, and then where's kind of the best place for people to learn more or get in touch with you? Uh, no final thoughts, <laughs> but I think uh, yeah, the best place to get in touch with me is probably LinkedIn. So feel free to reach out. Um, I guess you can find me on LinkedIn, Bowen Moody. Uh, feel free to add me. Um, if you do, please like drop in, a, in, send me a message to let me know you came from this podcast. It's always interesting to, to hear where you heard about this. So, um, yeah, I'd love to hear from, from you if you've got any questions or, um, you're going through a similar experience, then, uh, yeah, maybe we can, we can, uh, give each other support through this tough time as well. Um, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show, Colin. Awesome. Appreciate it. We'll <clears throat> include the links there in the show notes to make it easy for everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. We're always listening for your feedback as well. Um, it really helps us when you share the show with your friends so that we can reach more sellers and help transform the way that they sell.